Welcome to First Baptist Kingsbury to our online service for this week. I'm Pastor Mark Thompson. It's so good to have you with us. To our church family, we say welcome back. And to our guests that are watching maybe for the first time, we say thank you for uh, taking part with us today. We want to encourage our guests to go onto our website at 1bk.church. We have all kinds of information about the church. And let us know if you wanted to contact us. There's a contact info. Uh, we'd like to know that you're uh, interested in our church family. And when we get back to in-person worship, we'd love to have you join us here at First Baptist in Kingsburg. Um, we'd also encourage our church family, if you can sign the connection card on the app, we really want to track with those who are worshiping with us and who are taking part in our online services. So if you can check in with your connection card on the app, we'd appreciate that. We also want to let you know that on our children's Facebook page, which is First Baptist Kingsburg Children's uh, page, if you go on and find that on Facebook, there are children's bulletins you can print. There's also a ministry um, resources on that site if it will help you out as you are there with your family in the home. It'll be some resources to help you in discipleship of your own children. So we encourage you to do that. And also on Wednesdays in the morning, we have somebody from the church family share about their Life Journal devotion. So we encourage you to go online, see what, uh, what that person shares as we're reading this unified reading plan in the Life Journal. And we'd love you to interact. Just make some comments on the Facebook posts about what God's teaching you as you are uh, seeking him through the Life Journal readings. And we want to encourage you to come back on Thursday night at 7 p.m. for 30 minutes. We try to pray together as a church family. So we encourage you on the First Baptist Kingsburg Facebook page, uh, Thursday night, 7, 7 to 7.30, we'll have a live prayer time. We have some great news in the church, as you can see. We have a new baby in the church family. Congratulations to Corey and Danny Hendricks. Little Sadie Lane Hendricks was born on April 9th. Beautiful little girl, eight pounds, two ounces, 19 inches long. You can see her big brothers right here, Jackson and Austin, are just loving having little, little sister in the home. Just a huge congratulations to the Hendricks family. What a blessing little Sadie's gonna be to the church family as well as to yours. So congratulations. We had another baby born and congratulations to Taylor and to Garrett uh, Maynard. Their little girl, Harper Marie, was born on, uh, she was just born on the 14th and she, she weighed in at seven pounds, 15.5 ounces, and she's 20 inches long. So she's very long. It sounds to me, Maynard, it's like you have a basketball player coming up. We're excited and happy for you. And so, so we've been so blessed as a church family to see these families be blessed by the Lord. So keep them in prayer, keep the Maynards and keep the Hendricks in prayer as they're bringing these new little babies into, into the world and getting to uh, be new parents with a new little one. So two more girls, thank you God for that. We're gonna pray also now for the offering and, uh, and then we're going to introduce, Brian's gonna come on in just a little while and he's gonna be addressing the new series that we're into now. It just began a couple weeks ago called Team Jesus. And Pastor Brian's gonna be taking the lead on the speaking of this. So we encourage you to stick around uh, after we pray. We're also gonna have uh, Josh, um, Josh, and I believe his wife Chelsea is gonna be joining him for worship, the merits, uh, leading us in worship this morning as well. So let us bow and pray, and we want to just thank God for your generosity. We just want to let you know that the giving at the church through this whole uh, quarantine season has been very good. We want to say thank you, and our giving in the May New Initiative has been very good. 
great news and we we need to let you know is that we just surpassed the million dollar mark on our fundraising for the main new initiative and there's been a lot of work behind the scenes going on with the main new team we call them the made new crew and so you'll be hearing some more really exciting updates coming up in the in the coming weeks so let us bow and let's pray and let's thank god for this morning so god we just come to you saying thank you so much for blessing our church we see new life with babies that are coming into our church family thank you for the for the hendrix baby thank you so much for the maynard's baby and we pray that these two little girls will grow up and learn to love you and serve you as their lord and their savior their entire lives so we pray your hand be upon them and bless the parents as they're getting used to this new little one in their home god thank you also as we give our tithes and our offerings to you thank you for blessing the church through this this tough time tough season many places are struggling with income but you've blessed us and we want to just say thank you it's a sign of your favor it's a sign of your goodness and we say thank you so much and lord as we enter now into worship as josh leads us in worship and as we hear the word spoken by brian we pray that you minister to our hearts may we may we bring our best to you may we worship you in our homes may we sing may we just join in with the goodness that you're bringing uh, and also god may we as we hear your word may it touch our hearts may your word penetrate our hearts as we hear a testimony uh, from one of our church members as well may we just be touched as we see your workings in the life of first baptist we love you we can't wait to be together again but we're making the most of this time and we say thank you jesus and it's in your name that we pray amen now josh take us off into worship Good morning, church family. We're happy you decided to be with us this morning as we worship. Um, I know we're all in our own homes right now, but regardless, if you could all stand and let's just worship to our Lord and Savior. Beautiful 
yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe out of the silence. The roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe out of the silence. The roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Jesus, yours is the victory. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. Broken every chain, there's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Oh God, you are my living hope. Hidden glory in creation, 
the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The
morning, everybody. Uh, good morning, church. And I hope that all of you had a wonderful Easter. I know for our family, man, it was a bit different. Just the fact that I was home and we're able to have breakfast together on our patio was a little bit weird, but man, it was a wonderful day. It was a great day to celebrate and praise our risen Savior together, and I hope the same was for you and your family. Uh, this morning, we're going to continue in our series, Team Jesus. And uh, man, teams, they take on so many makes and missions. I, I've been on sports teams, and uh, by sports teams, I, yeah, I mean kickball, right? But I have coached several softball teams, and when I was, when I was younger, uh, I've also been on many work teams, and news teams, and sales teams, and ministry teams. And my favorite team, I must say, though, is, is Team Griffin. We became a team in August of 2001, and I married the team owner, and she kind of married down because she married the, uh, you know, the goofy team mascot. Um, something came out of joining this team, though, that I found just fantastic. Jill's mom and aunts, they spoiled me, and it started the first day I met them. I was sitting on the couch, and people just kept bringing me plates of food and eating. I thought, this is awesome. i got to marry her, right? So once married, man, on Christmas and birthdays, I got the best gifts. It was great. I, I was spoiled. But these gifts came with a warning, and the warning was kind of like out of the Godfather. said, hey, one from her aunt says, hey, when the kids come along, this good thing you got going on, it's, it's over because it's all about the kids, right? And they weren't lying, man. When the babies came, the faucet was off, the, the well had dried up for old Griffy boy. And what I realized is that Team Griffin wasn't just about me or just about Jill, but it was about the team member yet to come, the anticipation of our offspring, our kids. And the same is with Team Jesus. Our salvation, it's not just about us. If it were, I mean, then why would God keep us around on this earth? Why do we wait for a physical death or Christ's return to join God in heaven? That's because our salvation, it's not about us, but also about the Team Jesus team members yet to come. In 2 Peter 3.9, we get to see the heart of the Lord. It says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. That scripture shows the heart of God, that, that none would perish. And now there is a heaven, a, a place that Jesus has gone to prepare for us. And that just gives me goosebumps to know that he's gone to prepare this place for us. But there's also a hell. And there are obvious differences between the two. But one difference is that one is prepared for you and the other not intended for you at all. We were created with eternity in mind, intended to spend eternity with God. But sin changed that. Now, sadly, some will perish and be eternally separated from God and all that's good. But hell wasn't intended for them or for you. See, the heart of God is John 3.16. He loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And that's God's heart. Now the plan of God is his church. You and me, the followers of Jesus, we are his plan to share the gospel. And Jesus told us this right before he left the earth. He left us with the greatest play in his playbook, other than the cross, which was the man on man, the blitz, the great commission. And we find that in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And that would read that, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
So think of a team that you have been on. A sports team, a debate team, a professional team in the workplace, and wh whatever it may be. Your, your family's a team. The, the coach calls a play. He says, run the flying V, right? And if you go out there and you run a different play, I mean, how does that go for you usually? And not, not very well. You're probably not going to win. At the very least, the coach is, is not as pleased because he didn't do the play he called. Because the coach is looking and anticipating four or five plays down the road. And, and, and Jesus, he knows the, the story from end to the beginning. And the plan belongs to the Lord. Jesus is the authority and leader of his church. Scripture tells us in Colossians 1.18 this, that he's the head of the church. Not me, not Pastor Mark, not the elders, not you. We are leaders in the church, but Jesus is the leader of his church. And when he calls a play, we want to run that play. So our coach, our leader, our king has given us this command of going and making disciples and then teaching them, man, church, we have Team Jesus work to do because our salvation is not just about our eternity being changed. It is also about being used by God so he can continue to unfold his plan populating heaven. Now, I remember when each of my kids were born. I, I, looked at, I look at them today, but I remember back, and Jesus, uh, Jesus, Evie was beautiful, and the boys came out like, like globs of goo, right? They would just look like mutants, like, oh, right? But I look at my kids, and I'm like, man, God used me to bring you into this world, and that's crazy. But that's why I love speaking at camps and presenting the gospel to people, because I get to be there at people's births. Well, what would be sad is if I get to heaven and I look around and I wasn't present or involved in that one person's spiritual birth onto Team Jesus and from death to life spiritually into salvation. I would be forced to ask myself, did I run the play? Did I commit myself to the mission of the team? Did I obey the command that was given? Or did I treat my life here on earth like many people do? We treat it like one of those plastic boxes in the casinos that you stand in with all this money blowing around you, and while you're in there, you're, you're drastically grabbing at as much cash as you can, holding it against yourself, grabbing more, right? Get what you can while you can. You, you know what I always thought would be funny is, is if we videoed someone doing that in that box, grabbing the cash, and then we Photoshopped the money out. And then we show that video of them grabbing and how ridiculous that person would look, grabbing and dancing around and holding and, and holding on to, to nothing. That would look ridiculous. But what is ridiculous is that many of us are doing just that. We're in this life for a short period of time, and we're grabbing drastically at nothing. Because other than our relationship with Jesus and with others, everything we grab will burn up, will go away. And in the scheme of things, in the eternal perspective, it's like grabbing at nothing. And most people who are in that box, when time's up, they're not satisfied. And they're left wishing that they had grabbed for more. And instead, of, of what if we, instead of that, what if we all lived a life of giving our lives away? Because at the end, then we would be left wanting for nothing. We, we are left wanting for nothing because we are to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. As a member of Team Jesus, uh, offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. Give ourselves away. Give ourselves to God. Romans 12.1 tells us. It's the foundation. And then Romans goes on to tell us the, the, the Christian ethics. But it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So here's an important point. So hear this. Something that we have seen in this COVID experience 
is a lot of people helping people, providing food and, and needs and masks and making masks and doing these things, doing these really good things. But some of these people that are doing good things are Christians and, and some are not. But here's where the different li difference lies. As Team Jesus, as a church, our response to doing good, to helping in our community, first needs to be worship. I love a quote from Pastor John Piper when it comes to this. He says, before we give ourselves away in mercy to man, we give ourselves away to worship to God. Before we show mercy, guys, we need to praise God for his mercy. And I love that our mission statement as a church is love God, love people, and invite them to follow Jesus. Because, church, if we are not true worshipers first, then we do good when we do good to others, when we serve out in the community, if we're not living sacrifices to the Lord, worshipful followers of Jesus, abiding in Jesus, then our good work gets watered down to a social agenda. We lead people to where we are. And if we're not living a sacrificial uh, a life of worship, then where are we leading people? We can love people all the way to hell. Even in showing mercy to people, we can fail to point people to what they need most. And that is the mercy of God, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We are Team Jesus, God's church, and even in this time of physical separation, we need to remain one as the body of Christ united and be God's people, worshipers of the one true God. Because we cannot get inundated amnesia, is what I call it. That's what I'm calling it. When we get so bogged down in the rabbit trails on the media, uh, getting bogged down in the conspiracies and the theories and the, the opinions of what's going on about what's happening in the world. When we start as a Team Jesus, when we start turning our focus to that, more than we focus on the truth of God, we start getting amnesia of who we are. And who we are, Paul calls us a royal priesthood. And 1 Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is a beautiful scripture. In Christ, there is true priesthood of all believers. All of us who trust in Jesus alone for salvation have free access into his presence. The janitor who, who does his work uh, to the Lord is in no worse position spiritually than the, the most talented preacher on the planet. For all Christians have been declared righteous servants of God. We're not doctors who are Christians. We're not teachers who are Christians. We're not landscapers who are Christians. We are a kingdom of priests, ministers of the gospel, Christians who are doctoring, Christians who are teaching, Christians who are landscaping, ministers who are teaching, ministers who are painting, ministers of the gospel, all in the name of Jesus to the glory of God for his purposes. God does not appoint and call people to be, God does call people to be pastors and elders in his church for a very specific purpose and leading his church and discerning his will and, and the word of God. But, but every member of God's family, the body of Christ, is a minister of the gospel of Jesus. So we know the goal, the mission of the team, the great commandment, right? The great commission. The, the play has been called, Go. We know who is executing the play. It's all of us, the royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are one body. Now, now imagine the human body. What if the feet wanted to go uh, this way 
to get where you're headed. But the mind took the rest of the body that way, right? It would look kind of weird and wouldn't go well, would it? You, you wouldn't get anywhere. Think of two schools of fish. They're both together. One's going swimming. They're in this ball, and they're just going different directions in this cluster. And they're not going anywhere, but they're creating a lot of activity. They're doing a lot, but they're not going anywhere. But then, you know, envision a swarm of uh, a school of mackerel, like at Monterey Bay Aquarium, and they're all swimming that same direction, and they look so sleek, and they're going together, and they're going the same direction, and they're getting to where they're needing to go. So they're actually moving. Now, I remember the first time I let my boys up in Huntington Lake, where we go in the summertime for a few days, and they both knew what the goal was. They knew where we were headed on the shore in this rowboat. But they both had different thoughts of how to get to that point. And that would be okay if only one of them had a paddle. <laughs> but both had an oar with different ideas. Now, well, let's just say that uh, a lot of tiring work to get anywhere. And we end up nowhere. And I end up doing the rowing by myself because I did not have a teammate helping. And so I was exhausted when we reached our destination. As a living organism, being the body of Christ doesn't mean that we are not organized. Now, some people would say that I don't like organized religion. That's man's church. No, it's God's church. And he organized it so that we can effectively work out the plan that he is unfolding. We see in Acts the organizing of, of God's church with the calling of pastors and of elders, the, the forming of deacons. Um, there's a structure to worship that he tells us to be, to be structured. There's this structure to the church so that we are all going the same direction so that we get there. Every mission of the local church is the same. Go make disciples. But how we execute that mission is specific to, to different churches depending on demographics and gifting. But first, we need to know the mission. So the mission for First Baptist and our core values, we need to know clearly. And you can find those, if you don't know them, in a PDF that's got a link on this post on Facebook, or you can find them on the church app. But the mission statement is simple. Love God, love others, and invite them to follow Jesus. The lens that we look through uh, to see the mission is spirit-led, gospel-centered, and mission-focused. Can you imagine in a huddle in a football game that the quarterback looks at his teammates in the huddle and their huddle run and all he says is, hey, hey guys, make a touchdown. Huh. Break. And then they go out and they hike the ball. It, it wouldn't go well because everybody would have their own idea of how to make that touchdown. So how do we all turn and move the same direction? Well, the first thing is understanding the mission, which we talked about. Second is understanding that everyone is to be engaged in the work and no one is just going along for the ride. There are no spectators in Team Jesus. We're all on the team. Thirdly, to make sure that all ministries in the church are aligned in mission, in vision, and execution. So the execution is done through the, the different ministries of First Baptist. And I want you to know that the staff, the leaders, uh, the elders, the pastors, we're working hard to streamline these ministries into super effective avenues for the gospel to spread, to be declared, and to build each other up in our faith. And the main way that we're going to be doing that is building leaders. Now, the best example of this strategy is seen in Jesus. He called his 12. He poured into them. He equipped them. He taught them. And then what? They, they sat around with each other and, and looked at each other and talked? No. He sent them out. He sent them out. So we're going to be very focused on building leaders in our church. 
And having a leadership pipeline is so important. In fact, we were going to be uh, getting ready to have our first leadership huddle and, and training, but that's been put on hold for now uh, with all that's going on. But the main way that First Baptist, that we're going to execute ministry always in all our ministries, is fun to say, quad squads. We do it as a team. All our ministers, so therefore no minister goes it alone. So let me show you here what a quad squad is. So a quad squad is this. It's, it's um, a circle, basically. It's got a big circle on the outside. It's got a little circle on the inside. And then it's divided into four parts, quads. And then the leader goes in the center circle. And then that leader appoints and calls other leaders to be leaders in the quads. And I'm looking at this as a sample of children's ministry. So it could be nursery, Sunday school, children's church, children's check-in. And then there's leaders appointed into those quads. And they take on those roles. And there's one leader in the center that's kind of organizing and pouring into the leaders around them. And then those quads might break off and have quads of their own. And those quads then again might have other quads. And it can go on and be structured however we want. And so um, some people, though, are going to be like, man, don't come knocking on my door. <laughs> I'm not a leader. Now, pretty much all of us are leaders of some capacity, guys. You may not be leading hundreds of people, uh, you, you, but you're leading uh, your family uh, or you're leading 30 kids in a classroom. You're leading someone. Leadership equals influence. And so you're influential to someone, but we're all leading at different capacities that God has given us and roles he's given us to be. But you are leading. And we're starting to focus more and more on this. And so I interviewed one of our ministry leaders this week, Tanya Friedhoffs. And Tanya is our leader over student ministries. And so we're going to check out this interview with her and see how God is using this model, the God squads, uh, in the student ministries. So Tanya, how did leaders respond when you implemented the quad uh, model to them? So initially when I uh, showed that to them, I think that they were excited about it. They um, had the opportunity to just think about and pray about what area they might want to be part of leading. Nice. So there wasn't, they, they saw it, do they see it more as a challenge, like exciting challenge or a, oh, intimidating challenge? I think most of them were excited about it. And I think it also gave opportunity, you know, some of the leadership roles had more maybe time or more energy needed put it in than the others. So they had opportunity to not only evaluate like where would be good for them, but what they would be able to give with, you know, their other responsibilities in life. So what, what do you think the leaders in your ministry learned um, about themselves through this? I think that they learned that um, they, they learned more about their spiritual gifts and their talents that God had given them because they got to use them. Um, they had the opportunity to use them in a leadership role and not just having me direct them, but having them really get to, you know, pray about it and think about it and have, um, ideas that then they got to implement, uh, into our ministry. Good. And so what was the, what's the, like, what would you say is the overall benefit for the leaders and the ministry at large, uh, for student ministries that, that came from this implementing this model? I think the benefit for the leaders is that they felt like they were, you know, more needed almost because they're, I mean, we always need our leaders, but to feel like you have a specific thing that you're in charge of and is directed by you, 
it gives you more of like a buy-in and more of an ownership in it. Um, and I think it benefits the whole ministry because then we were this team. It wasn't just me trying to direct everything and give everyone jobs, but you know, everybody had something they were in charge of. And so it gave us a lot more of ideas. It gave us a lot more, um, just, what do I want to say? It gave us just the ministry was fuller. It had, it was better because we all were participating and giving so much and it was all of our gifts and talents, not just me leading it. So that then also benefited the people you're ministering to then. Yeah, absolutely. Cause then the kids got to not just see me, they saw all the other leaders and, you know, had more of who the, the leaders got to be more of themselves in the ministry, I think. And being the point of the spear in that ministry yourself, how did it benefit you being a team versus being um, being so, more solo? <laughs> it took a lot of pressure off of me and I didn't have to be awesome at everything. Like I could do the parts that, um, that I was gifted with and be able to help and equip the leaders to do the parts that they were feeling called and led to, but I didn't have to try to do everything. So I think the whole ministry was better because of that. And I, I felt relief that, as a leader in the church at First Baptist uh, uh, Church, how in the long term do you think this model of our quads and squads of doing doing church as a team, how God intended it to be, uh, how do you think that's going to benefit or build into the mission of First Baptist Church? Well, I think, like I said, with our, you know, the youth leaders is that everybody will get to use their gifts more and get experiment with them. I think that it will make all of our ministries more uh, effective because we're all using the gifts and abilities God has given us. And it's not just one or two people like doing everything, but we all get to do it together and grow together and reach our community together. Nice. It's kind of the difference between being uh, everybody a minister to some ministers, some spectators. Yeah, exactly. Like we all just get to be more apart and feel like we have a more significant role because we're all needed. And we all do have a significant role to play. Absolutely. God has, a, God has a job for each and every one of us. So, Tanya, thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks, Tanya. And did you hear that? People are growing as leaders. They're growing in their ability to influence for the gospel. They're, they're doing things they didn't think they could do. They're satisfied as they get to use their spiritual gifts. And they, they grow. And, and they, they become this excited group of leaders. They bought in and they're excited. And people that are excited are constantly inviting people in to what God is doing. And it just it, it, it gets moving and it grows. And we're all moving the same direction, none one going alone. The best part is the unity in the body that happens. That is, it's so glorifying to God. And I, I want to leave you with this bit of encouragement this morning. John 14, 12 says, Truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. We don't go it alone. Jesus went to the Father so the Holy Spirit could come. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. The, the, the power and strength of God is working in and through us. And the only reason we can do great things in the kingdom of God is because it is God working through us. And that excites me. We are on a team doing this together. I'll tell you what, even though we're sheltering in place, God isn't. He is where he's always been. God is not on break. This COVID didn't surprise him. He knew it was coming. He is actively at work, and so should we. In this time, team, let us be looking for ways to worship, 
to serve with mercy in the name of Jesus and to lead where he has placed us all to the glory of God. Be praying, be doing, and be dreaming. Let's do this together as a team. It's the winning team. It's the team that has Jesus, our leader, has won eternity, has conquered death for us. And that's the team I want to serve and be a part of and listen to that coach in my life. So let's go together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time that even though we're listening to this maybe at different times and watching and worshiping at different times, we are still united in spirit, Lord, that we are your body, Christ. God, thank you for calling us to be on your team, for choosing us, for revealing yourself to us, for the salvation that we have. And Father, we pray that we would look to your word, we would look to the Holy Spirit's leading, guide us as we know our mission. We know the play that you've had, and that's to be organize our church. But we want to do it with the gospel in mind. We want to do it as we, as we are led by the Spirit. We want to do it as we, we are focused, centered on the gospel, and we want to do it in living out our mission. God, we surrender ourselves as living sacrifices to you today. And we are excited and grateful to be on your team. What a privilege, what an honor of something that is so undeserving because we've been given the gift, the gift of grace, God's grace. Thank you, Lord. God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, you have a good morning. We'll see you next Sunday right here online, and we'll be praying for you. Remember, be praying, be doing, be worshipers, be dreaming. Let's move on together. Oh, put me in cold.